0: Magic is what happens when you find balance between method and madness, science and art. Welcome to the Magic Maker Podcast, the place where entrepreneurs who want to find magic can access aha moments and simple steps to big dreams. I'm your host, Jay Nicole Smith, but you can call me Nick. Let's get started, shall we? Hello Magic Maker, welcome to an entirely new and fresh year in an entirely new decade. Oh, it feels so good to have this level of newness. I know we can refresh and feel new any time of year, but there is something so incredible about this time of year and it being in winter, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, (laughs) and just having all of these closings and new beginnings, I just love it. So what did you get up to for New Year's? Are you the party, go out, get really shit-faced, have a good time kind of New Year's person? Or are you like me? Are you a a a go-out-in-the-middle-of-the-woods-with-a-crackling-fire-and-a-big-blanket-of-stars-and-not-another-human-to-be-found type of person? (laughs) Um, I have found that New Year's for me is a time of really wanting to hibernate. And I think that's natural because it's winter, but also I've just never... I've just never been into going (laughs) out-out. It's just not my thing. Um, That does not mean I don't like a good bottle of bubbly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I've never really been into the fireworks um, and the craziness of New Year's. So for me, it's much more about a time to get introspective, to look within, to reflect on the past year, to look at the year ahead. And I absolutely love those activities. I've been going through my Uh, 2020 Magic Maker Planner, uh, which I love um, and really starting to do some closing of 2019 and finish that off so that we can get into the planning for the new year and really put the final details on what is going to happen for the next 12 months. So speaking of new and planning and all of those good things, this is the first episode of season five of the Magic Maker podcast. I am really thrilled um, for the the topic and for the theme of this season. I don't know if we'll always have themes for the seasons. At some point, I might just give that up and just crack on with just having podcasts like everybody else. But I kind of like having this this idea of seasons and having, you know, 8 to 12 episodes that are all around one sort of theme. Let me know what you think about that. Um, but in this episode today, I'm going to introduce you to what our theme is going to be for season five and what we're really doing today, um, or what I'm doing is taking a look back at the last decade. I think, um, you know, it's something that I talk a lot about as a sort of a business mentor is how important it is to reflect on how far we've come, what we've achieved. Um, so I'm going to model that <laughs> for you today, but also there's some lessons some really powerful lessons that, um, have come up for me as I've done this review. Um, and I'd love to know what lessons are coming up for you. So make sure you check out the show notes because I've created a template for you to do your own decade in review. And if you join our free Facebook group, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash magic HQ. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what you discover if you do this decade in review exercise, which I think is just really powerful. It's a really nice way to spend your time. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was Jess Lorimer and she was talking about her BFD list, her big fucking deal list of like all these big accomplishments that she's made. And I just, I just like that. I think we don't do that enough, do we? We do not list, look at, celebrate, acknowledge what we've achieved often enough. So I've done that. And I'd like to share some of that with you today. I do have Pippa with me. So if you hear the snoring, that is the Frenchie. So you're just going to have to deal with it. (laughs) I can't kick her out, Uh, but she's not quiet. So um, together we will proceed and uh, let's make some magic, shall we? One of my brand pillars is Seek Sunshine and Seasides. And I am going to be focused this year on really trying to live into that a bit more because I find both sun and the sea so incredibly healing. And it just energizes me in a way that nothing else does. The sun and the sea. So, although there was no force on earth (laughs) that would allow me to make it sunny on England, I could get myself to the sea on New Year's Day. And so that's what I did. I was up really early with a fussy baby, and I was like, you know, getting this baby in the car is probably going to be a good idea. (laughs) So I yelled to my husband and I was like, let's go to the beach. And he was like, let's do it. So, knowing that we had to be back midday to get some other things done, We drove an hour and a half to get to the sea, and we spent some beautiful time there just wandering around, letting Pippa run and run and run uh, through the surf and, you know, taking Chloe to, I think, basically her second ever beach. She's never been to a beach in the UK, and it was a lovely little ritual, a beautiful way to start the new year, the new decade, and I think that's probably going to be a new sort of family tradition for us, I hope to start the new year at the sea. Um, But on the way down in the car, my husband asked me, we were talking about, you know, reflecting in the new year. And he asked me how many countries I visited before this last decade and how many I visited during the last decade. So pre-2010 and then between 2010 and 2020. And it was actually a really fun exercise. So The answer was basically, I'd been to five random countries, (laughs) Mexico, Canada, Malawi, Spain, and Morocco, I know, weird, random, before 2010. But when we counted between 2010 and 2020, um, I visited 21 countries, 22, if you count Vatican City, which we have to because it's technically its own country, (laughs) Uh, pretty much all of Europe, the UK, um, Iceland, and Brazil, Ethiopia, New Zealand, and a couple of other highlights. It's a long, really cool list, and it was really fun um, to count them up. But what's even crazier is I've been to several of those places five or six times. So it was a really nice way to kind of reflect on what an incredible decade of travel and exploration it has been for me. But that also got me thinking about what the other themes were. What else happened in the last 10 years that would be worth reflecting on. And one big category that came up as I thought about that, that I don't really acknowledge very often is that I've had the honor to win a lot of awards actually that I don't really ever think about. A lot of them are in the pet industry and I'm not really operating full time in that space anymore. But I've won multiple Pet Product Design Awards, Editor's Choice Awards, Pinnacle Award from Pet Age. In 2015, I was 40 under 40 from Pet Age Magazine. In 2016, uh, one of the products that I uh, designed for a pet company won the European Design Awards, which was very cool. And the coolest of all from a design standpoint was one of the cards that I designed for my brand in the States, Dog is Good, won a Louis Award, which is like the Oscars of greeting cards, right? This is cool, cool stuff. I just never... I just never think about it anymore because I'm not doing graphic design full time. But it was fun to, to look them all up and see um, how many they were and, and the progression from 2010 all the way through um, to now of, of these incredible awards and honors that I've received, which is amazing. But that's obviously not the big stuff, right? It's nice. It's nice for the resume. But when it comes to the big stuff, you know, it's been an incredible decade for me. Um, And for my husband, I made a small person last year. Chloe Danger Sears came into the world, um, which was obviously transformational in a ton of ways because now I'm a mom, (laughs) which I wasn't before. Um, But I have been a dog mom since 2004. And in the last decade, I added two more dogs and I lost two dogs, including the love of my life, Olivia. Olivia the great Dane who got me started in the pet industry in 2005. Um, and now we have Pippa who we hope sticks with us for a whole nother decade. She's fierce. So I'm quite hopeful that she'll live a very long life. Um, so then I decided I needed to go on like full on list mode. So you'll see, um, in the show notes, if you go grab them, I have created a template for you to do the same exercise for yourself because I think it's so, so important that we reflect back on everything that's happened. So today I'm being a little bit self-indulgent and I'm just sharing some of my highlights with you. Um, And then I want to take you through a couple of lessons that I think you might really be able to relate to. Um, So let's see where it takes us. So the milestones that I have had in the last 10 years, wow, here's the list. Here's a, here's the a list of some of the highlights anyway. I manifested and married the man of my dreams. I wrote a list of who this guy needed to be um, and I actually wrote a scene for a film <laughs> about how this uh, American girl met this British guy and that scene actually ended up being exactly how I met my husband at this wedding in the mountains crazy so I like literally wrote him into my life. That is definitely the highlight <laughs> for the last 10 years. But what else? I created what I considered to be the perfect pet boutique and pet portrait studio in Southwest London, little and large. Amazing. You can see a photo of that in the show notes if you want to check that out. As I mentioned, I made a person, which is pretty cool. She's awesome. Chloe. I moved out of state and then out of the country. So I moved my life from Seattle to California and then from California to the UK after only living in California for like nine months. (laughs) And I actually, when I decided to move to the UK, I did it In like six weeks, I was scheduled to come visit March of 2012. And in like January of 2012, I was like, "Ah, why don't I just move there? (laughs) Right? Super, super impulsive decision-making there. I stood up on a surfboard. So I, um, on our honeymoon, we were surfing in Brazil and I managed to actually stand up, which is not something I ever thought I'd be able to do because surfing is super hard. I got a master's in marketing with Distinction. And what was really cool about that is my mentor um, actually took my dissertation around to several marketing conferences and presented it all over Europe. I did a dissertation on social media strategy in the pet industry. And um, that got a lot of attention from these big marketing conferences, which was very cool. I backpacked uh, for a weekend the Root Burn course in New Zealand, which is, you know, like a three-day, I think take everything with you, drink water from streams kind of trip, which, again, is not something I ever thought I'd be able to do. What was really cool about that trip as well is that my husband and I decided to do this trip as a 60th birthday present for his mom. And so we invited my mom as well, but they hadn't met yet. This is after we'd only known each other for about 18 months. And so we flew both his mom and my mom out to New Zealand, and they met in New Zealand, And thankfully, they got on really well because we had to share a car and share hotel rooms and hostels and stuff. Um, So that was quite an adventure. Along those same lines, we managed to rent out our house for about a year and a half. And during that time, we lived in all over the place. We did some really cool travel, but we managed to live in Lake Como, Italy for six weeks, which was glorious. So beautiful, the Italian lakes. And the following year, we lived in Majorca for four months, which was... Still, I think when we look at that time, we think of it as sort of the best work-life balance we've ever had. It was it was an incredible lifestyle there in Majorca. Highly recommend, highly recommend Majorca as a place to go and work. Um, now, this one may sound stupid, but it was a big deal for me. I got my UK driving license. <laughs> I dreaded it for years before I actually studied for the test and took driving lessons and the whole deal. Because while I have had a driving license in the U S for, well, since I was (laughs) a teenager, um, driving in the UK is intense and I live in an area that's pretty urban and most of the two way streets are more like one way streets. And, uh, so that was actually a big accomplishment. I needed to write that one down. Similarly, I passed the life in the UK test. So now all I have to do to become a citizen is pay them another few thousand pounds and, uh, And fill out the paperwork. So that's pretty cool. I'm on track to, I have indefinite leave to remain, but I'm on track to be a UK citizen, which is very cool. Along the line of mom's birthdays, I took my mom to Venice for her 50th birthday. It's when we were living in Lake Como and she met us there. And then we, her and I, and Charlie, the Frenchie, loaded up onto the train and took the train to Milan and then from Milan to Venice, which was a really cool adventure. We stayed in this really neat Airbnb and spent like a week there just traveling around and going to Murano and Burano and all these incredible little day trips and definitely had a cappuccino and a croissant like in uh, staring out at all the gondola. It was just beautiful. I love Venice. I highly recommend it. I finally got my first tattoo, something I've wanted to do for a really long time and got to do that with a couple of my besties, which was very awesome. From a work standpoint, I have held two incredible luxury retreats in Mexico at a private villa. Um, And the one before that was in Palm Springs at the Parker Hotel, which I did not know when I booked it there what a phenomenon the Parker is. But look it up. It's amazing. So cool. Very iconic in Palm Springs. Um, This past year, I created and held the first ever Magic Maker Live conference, which was a total dream come true for me. That was many, many years in the making. And I felt like it was an absolutely transformational experience. I'll probably talk more about that in future podcasts because there were so many lessons that came from that conference. Um, Creating it, being present in it, uh, things that happened afterwards, (laughs) Um, just rich with lessons, but it was a really magical place. Um, And right now I'm feeling especially fond of it because recently we've lost a dear friend, um, Nicola Weistert, who was a client, a colleague, a designer. She did a lot of work for me. She's the only uh, designer I've ever sort of handed my brands over to help me um, with. And she lost her battle with cancer on December 20th. And actually Magic Maker Live was the first time I got to meet her in person. And that is the same for a lot of our other members as well. So that was pretty magical and I'm feeling especially nostalgic for that event now. But within one month, um, so this was Magic Maker Live, and a couple weeks before, I got to share the stage with not one but three of my personal business um idols, women I really, really admire and who've really helped me grow in my own business and brand. And that is um Denise Duffield Thomas, Ash Amberger, and Anne Wilson. Uh, the wealth chef. So I got to speak on stages with all three of those ladies inside of just a few weeks, which was amazing. That was a total dream come true, every single one of them. And I created the Momentum Mastermind, which is what I feel like at this point is kind of the culmination of my entire journey as an entrepreneur, as a marketing expert, as a brand builder, designer, photographer just all of my skills have come together to in this space and I'm so proud of it so I'm kind of feeling that like I finally found my life's work kind of thing not just my why which I've kind of known for a while but the actual thing that I spend my time doing and who I spend time doing it with um has a name and a form and I'm so excited to get started in 2020 with the new group that we have because I am just I could not be more excited about this group and this uh, formula and this journey that we're going to take together. So that is really exciting for me. Um, but before I got to this place, I had several other journeys. As I mentioned, I, um, I had a pet boutique in 2014. Before that I was doing my master's degree. Before that I was really focused on Dog is Good, um, and my pet photography business. Um, but when all of that ended. I lost Olivia in 2015. I really did the work to find my why, to find my uh, raison (laughs) d'etre, and really discovered how I wanted to spend my time. And then once I did all of that work, I managed to build a six-figure business in eight months um, doing the work that I'm doing now. So that was a real blessing and have managed to keep growing that business every year um, since then, so that's really exciting, and that connected with my ability to pay off this ten-year debt that I had from my very first business. Some of you have probably heard me tell the story before, but um, when I started as an entrepreneur in two thousand five, when um, in the very few, first few weeks, we actually my business partner and I ended up having to file a lawsuit instead of like uh, the way I often describe it is instead of popping bubbly for our grand opening, we will we were filing a lawsuit because we didn't receive $50,000 worth of stuff that we had purchased from this brand that we were partnering with, um, which carried on for five years and then left me as a 20 year old with a five figures worth of debt, tons and tons of debt for what we owed them and what we had to pay the lawyers and all that. So I, um, acquired that debt in like two thousand whatever it was, nine, but I paid it off in the, a couple years ago. So that was a huge way to just let that go. That was a big win for me. My first coffee table book, Hood, was published in 2012 and sold over 30,000 copies in the first year. So that is a really big win. That felt really good. And I'm back talking with that publisher now about some other projects, which is very exciting for the new decade. I have started two podcasts. This is one of them. The other one is Animal House, which I might be reviving this year. Um, And being able to find this medium in order to get to know you and speak with you and share content and share ideas. I just love it. I just feel like it's such a wonderful way to connect. And it's so much easier (laughs) than writing, right? So one of the things I talk about all the time is how to find ease. And for me, podcasts are super easy. So definitely happy to find this medium. And if you're at all intrigued in doing podcasts for yourself, I definitely recommend you try it because literally all you have to do is put on some headphones and click record on your computer and give it a go. See if you like it. I love it. Um, I also published another book, The Million Dollar Dog Brand, which is literally the book about how to build a sustainable pet business and brand. Um, and that's been a really exciting way that tons of petpreneurs have found me to help them grow their bris- businesses and brands through my membership site, Working With Dog, which is just so awesome. Um, coming from the pet space and having been a petpreneur for so long, it's a it's a niche I'm extremely passionate about serving. And um, that book was research that I did within the pet industry of what makes brands sustainable, what makes businesses last um, and rise to the top. So that's a really interesting read. Even if you're not in the pet industry, I think it's it's a good one. Back to some of the other stuff, I managed to run several 5Ks. So I, again, just like surfing, never thought I would ever run. <laughs> but inspired by one of my clients, I decided to do the couch to 5K app and got to a point when we were living in Majorca where I was regularly running for more than a half an hour at a time, which for those of you who are very fit and athletic, it might sound like nothing, but it was a big deal for me. So that is one of my favorite accomplishments. As far as, you know, service and impact, I have helped several entrepreneurs reach six figures for the first time, some of my one-on-one clients. I've helped lots of entrepreneurs land their dream clients, you know, writing the list and ticking them off. That's been really cool. I have helped dozens and dozens of entrepreneurs find their why and build really beautiful brands around that why. And I have been the reason that lots and lots of people have found their business besties um, and one happy couple (laughs) found each other, uh, which is really cool. On a personal level, this year um, through my pregnancy, I really finally fell in love with my body, which sounds again a bit like, (laughs) I don't know what. it's certainly not related to business and it sounds a bit cheesy maybe. Um, But for me, and there's a podcast a couple seasons back where I talk about this, um, this idea of self-love, but also really, especially in body image, has been a big journey for me. And I'm nowhere near complete in that journey, um, but actually getting pregnant and growing a person (laughs) made me really Realize what my body's capable of and made me incredibly grateful for how strong and how able it is to do what it was created to do. And so that has been a big win for me. Um, And I look forward to continuing to get better and better at taking care of that body that has done so much for me. But that was a big win this last year. Along with that healing, I've healed a lot of limiting beliefs and money blocks. I've done a lot of work, so much work. (laughs) EFT and energy editing, and therapy, and Reiki, and all the things. Journaling. Um, I've done a lot of work to try and change the stories that you know I wrote as a child in my mind about how things are and how they need to be, and especially as it relates to money. And that has been really fascinating. I. I'm happy to talk to anyone ever about that stuff because I think it's such a powerful way for us to grow and change. And along those lines, I finally found a path for me spiritually that I really love. I've been someone who's been really resistant to religion because I come from a couple different quite religious families. And it was difficult for me to understand how my mom could believe one thing and my dad could believe something else. And my best friend in high school was both Jehovah's witness and gay and I watched him really suffer and so I've struggled to understand the difference between spirituality and religion and understanding that you could have one and not the other and so for me having finally found a way for me to feel spiritually connected and to find something that connects me to source or universe or god or that you know thing that's bigger than us has been really exciting to me and I'm just starting to explore that so that's been another really big win and it has been a really interesting couple of years of partnerships and the best result from that has been my amazing business partner over and working with dog, Jane Harrell, who found me a couple of years ago and has really become an incredible asset to that business and just a wonderful person to share life and business with. So that has been one of the greatest things that has occurred in this time. But there's a long list of stuff here. I don't want to go through it all because... I think it's also really important to recognize that although these are a lot of highlights, there were a lot of lows as well. I'm not going to list them or go through them because I don't really want to give them any energy. Um, But I just want to acknowledge that I'm not suggesting (laughs) that life is a highlight reel, right? It's not sunshine and rainbows all the time. So I just want to call attention to that. And I'd like to share with you a couple of lessons that came from doing this exercise of making these big lists of things. And what I'm finding personally is as I move into the new decade, I'm finding I feel like I have a lot less to prove. I don't know if it's my age because I'm getting very close to 40. Um, I don't know if it's my obsession with personal growth, but I think I'm finally learning what really matters. Um, and in the next decade, it's not my accomplishments or how many countries I've been to (laughs) that I want to be tracking or collecting. It's this, it's the depth and the quality of my relationships, both with other people, but especially with myself. So for me, this looks like making decisions, not from, um, Can I pull this off? Can I do it? Kind of mindset. And instead, from a, is this really how I want to spend my time? Mindset. Because most of my life to date has been about accomplishing the impossible. And that's partly because what I was measuring and counting was impossible things that I could achieve. Um, Things that most sane, normal people would absolutely never take on. Um, And I'm over the need to perform in that way. I just. I don't need it anymore, which feels great. So I'm fully moving into a zone of operating from spaciousness and ease and not from proving myself or performing. So that's a big part of my work on the relationship with myself. But interestingly, this commitment to relationships also really looks a lot like letting go of what other people think, which if you're someone who struggles with that, as most of us are, because we want to belong and fit in and be loved, then letting go of the need to be liked is really hard, really difficult, right? That sounds almost impossible. Um, but I think it's about choosing what's right for each of us based on that like deeper knowing um, instead of basing your decisions on a need to please other people. So I know that this is going to require really learning to find and listen to that inner voice. And so I'm continuing to explore all the ways that I can find that voice and create more alignment within my body and my energy. So that means I'm going to be leaning into a lot more magic this year. I'm going to be working on getting much more connected with my intuition and the empath, the sort of empathic skills that I have Um, to really be able to feel my way a bit more and just care less about what other people think about that. (laughs) But what is also super interesting as I'm deepening this sense of self and setting those boundaries, letting go of pleasing, is that I also want to get better at enlisting help more quickly instead of wanting and needing to do everything myself. And (laughs) This is a lifelong lesson. This is something I've struggled with. Nothing like childbirth (laughs) and a C-section to like really kind of rid you of this need to be in control. But one of the big ah ahas I've had about this this year is that what is actually quite true is when we allow other people to help and serve us, even when we can do things by ourselves, really opens up space within us to grow to find ease, and most importantly, to find trust, to be able to trust that other people can do things for us. Um, But it also opens up space within relationships for other people to feel more valuable and needed and close. And that's not something I had previously considered because my whole life, I've believed that, you know, the best possible way to be is completely (laughs) self-sufficient. Can anyone else relate to that? But in this decade, I really want to unlearn that. And while I get stronger from within, I also want to be a better team, family, and community member. And what's been really interesting is being an American living in Europe. Because by nature, Americans, we are so individualistic. And I don't think that's how humans really are meant to operate. I think we're more pack animals. (laughs) So I want to find my way to having that be easier for me. And the final theme that's growing for me this year is this idea of ease. Now, every year for the last three or four years, ease has been in the top three to four words for the year. And I definitely have made big strides there for sure, but partially inspired by next week's guest and her recent book. And partly because the word just gives me this like all over feeling of happy relaxation I'm morphing the word ease in 2020 into the word chill. This year is about being chill. Not lazy, not complacent, but joyfully relaxed. Approaching things with ease instead of fear. Assuming it's all going to be okay instead of assuming the opposite. And for me, chill is all about actively choosing the easy way. It's a way to be that Ease is like necessarily a part of, but instead of simply the absence of stress or chaos or clutter, chill takes it like one step further to a place of joy, pleasure, and fun. It's like the difference in my mind. I think of it as the difference between enoughness and abundance. To me, ease is enoughness, which is great, but chill is abundance, which is even better. So this year is the year of chill for me. That's my word for the year. And in this podcast for the next season, we are gonna explore some really interesting topics about how to chill the fuck out when it comes to our businesses and the tasks and the relationships and the sales and especially the need to achieve from a place of desperation, a place of having something to prove and moving into a place where we operate from knowing from peace of mind, from confidence, from love, and from ease. So I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of that goodness, but also check out the show notes. As I mentioned, you can download the Decade in Review template to help you thoughtfully reflect on the last 10 years like I've done. Identify what you're proud of. Identify what you need to forgive, what you want to take with you, what you want to let go of, And what your word for the year is going to be as we move into 2020. And I really want to thank you for being here. I believe that our time is our greatest resource. And instead of wasting it, just trading hours for dollars, we really do deserve to spend it in ways that bring us deep joy. So the fact that you choose to invest your precious time here with me in this podcast is really the greatest honor or compliment that you could give. And so I have a very full heart and I'm very, very grateful for that. Now, next week, we are chatting again with one of my very favorite human beings, a woman who has played a huge role in my growth as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and basically as a human being. (laughs) A woman who is not only a delight to hang out with, but is literally changing the world by helping more women become unapologetically wealthy. And that is the one and the only Denise Duffield Thomas. We sat down and got super real, super personal, and we chatted about everything from like behind the scenes in our businesses and our relationships. We talked about body image and also the ways that things went totally sideways for us last year <laughs> and what we learned from it, as well as some things we've got up our sleeve for 2020. So you definitely will not want to miss this super candid conversation. I think there's some really, really important stuff that more of us need to be talking about and hearing and sharing more often because what we see on Instagram just is not real life. (laughs) So I will see you next week for that. But until then, thank you so much for being here. I really, really encourage you to take the time to do the decade in review exercise. Give yourself that gift, reflect on your big fucking deal list, all the things that you've achieved. And I invite you along with me to move into 2020 with chill, with this abundant mindset of being able to achieve effortlessly the things you dream of and to do it because it's fun instead of because you have to. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye and we'll see you next time.